0: You know what time it is. It is time to return to the roar. Myself, Chris Watkins. Yes, it's time again. Chris Watkins sitting across from me virtually. Um, His brothers have started to call out NBA players on Twitter uh, saying that they do want the smoke and they know where to find him. Uh, Frankie Jokic, a.k.a. Frankie (laughs) Cardaselli, uh thank you for joining me. Frank, uh I know obviously we're a Kings Heavy podcast but I would be remiss if I didn't start off with uh the real the real news of the NBA sphere today is uh as we watched last night during the game uh I I, I uh, showed you the highlight of of Jokic absolutely demolishing uh Marcus Morris, Marcus, uh one Mar-Keef. one of the Morris brothers. Yeah. Um absolutely just decked him like it was it was Monday night football. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that led to, for those who haven't seen uh, the Miami Heat, well, first off, right after the incident, Jimmy Butler snaps at Jokic yelling from behind all of his teammates like, yeah, you know where to come see me? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, like doing a lot of hold me back stuff. Um, then followed by pictures, uh, pictures hit the internet last night of of the Heat uh waiting outside Denver's locker room in the hallway of course uh security was there to stop them but more hold me back energy um
1: well the the Jokic brothers also are frightening people and yes. have you seen what they look like
0: yes they look like um they look like if like if jokic had brothers honestly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they look like if you were to take nikola jokic but just not put him in the nba they look it's almost like if if they they kind of look like nurkic honestly funny enough like they've got the the slicked back thing they're you know they're just massive humans 7 foot 320 pounds like they're just huge guys
1: they're they're Exactly how you put it. They look like Jokic's brothers. They're all over six seven, six eight. And uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, three against two, Morris versus Jokic <laughs> brothers. I just think that I don't know, but uh it it was definitely it's brought up a lot of good NBA fight content on Twitter, like previous fights, uh Larry Bird choking and, and Dr. J choking each other. Um that's a little Doug Doug Christie Rick Fox love too. So okay. Chris Childs punching Kobe. Yes, that. that was also a big one, but I don't think there's been any other big fights.
0: Well, not not involving the players, but uh,
1: player fan, you know, we're... Well, I mean, like this, this, police this year. The police. Have there any other big fights this year? Oh.
0: Not that I can think of. Um no there really hasn't i guess this has been like the official the official kickoff of a fight season uh you know it, it's getting cold outside but the action's heating up inside the arena
1: you like that i like i like that <laughs> actually I, I actually do like that
0: it's a nice little college basketball cliche for you um well yeah there's enough in that point is if you if you don't know about the yokage brothers look them up or they'll come find you uh if you don't know about the drama Look it up, um, and it's great. It's great stuff. And I just want to say, like, I'm on Jokic's side. I don't think if you watch the play, like Morris completely runs into him, uh, like gives it's him a, non, a nice It's little, a
1: non-basketball play, I think. Yeah, it's a
0: non-basketball play. But and also, Jokic retaliates with the non-basketball action.
1: Yeah, non-basketball against non-basketball. You, I mean, I don't think it's great to shove him, but uh, from the back, but uh, probably not. Yeah, I mean, the, I feel like the Morris twins have, have been kind of instigators in a lot of a lot of melees or, or fights and while I don't b- agree with Jokic pushing him in the back, I think that, you know, I think I've, has a Morris altercation gotten that far before where no, that's serious. Cause there's that no was, way. no,
0: there's no way because Jokic, no one wants, no, no one wants it like that.
1: No, Jokic all them too. So it's just like, that's, yeah. I was stunned to see him go. And I thought I initially thought too, he was actually hurt. Like he was really, really hurt because he, maybe it was his neck or he got kind of whiplashed there on the shove, but. I thought he, Morris was going to come up and just our absolute, just, you know, full on brawl. And I guess it's good that that didn't happen. But um, yeah.
0: Bring up yeah. an interesting point. Is there any way that the Morris brothers have. Mm. I was going to say, have they ever actually been in a fight? But I would say that they act a little bit too real for them to never have gotten in a fight. I was more pointing at the. And not saying they're not real. That's not part of the question. Question is. They're six eight, two seventy five, whatever two fifty. I don't know two something. Probably I mean, 220, who knows how big, how much these like NBA guys weigh? Honestly, too. Like they're always li- like, how is LeBron James two hundred and thirty five or two hundred forty pounds? Like I'm sure it fluctuates. No too. Did- yeah. Anyway, anyways, I digress. Um, they're massive humans, and they they epitomize like I want the smoke. Like, they're very much always, like, in fights. They're, they're the aggressors. They're the hockey enforcer, if you will, of, of basketball, both of them. And, you know, what, usually when you uh, have that kind of energy and, and, and are looking for fights, generally you're not going to get somebody else who's matching that same energy and wants to fight you, especially when you're, like I said, 6'8", 240. So yeah, yeah. long wrapping up, do you think that they've ever actually, to your point, like has something ever escalated that far with a Morris twin? Either? in real life off camera?
1: I would I would guess I would so. say since since college, since in the I- MBA time. I'd say so. Didn't they go and confront or get an altercation with a guy that was uh, dating their mom? I think they showed up and... yeah, I don't know. I don't really I, know. I read that, I read they went up to threaten this guy who was dating their mom or something, and he was being disrespectful, which is, hey, that's cool if the guy was being disrespectful. You're... Protect your mom. Absolutely. But um, no, I haven't... I, I would guess probably. I mean, they, they definitely seem like they're not fake tough guys. I think that they are actually tough guys. I think that Jokic just happens to also be... <laughs> A tough guy who I was thinking that his brothers used to throw knives at at Jokic's head for fun. These guys are built different. They're yeah. built different. They're they're just they. I just I don't know. They're scary. Those are scary human beings. Those Jokic to trainers. cross sports. They're, they're, he
0: reminds me of like uh, Khabib. Oh, I don't yeah. know how to even pronounce him that i don't know. off or something like that the, the the khabib the dude who's number one in, in ufc before he retired b connor that dude who wrestled bears growing up instead of like wrestling other humans for practice it's like that where it's like yeah like the morris brothers were fighting other guys uh, in, the, in you know in the neighborhood and stuff in their school Jokic was probably like fighting bears or fighting like I don't know. Who, who, I don't even know what's out. What is out in
1: Serbia? He's Serbian, correct? Yes. Like,
0: yes. Like what? What is out there? What? Did, someone. Someone hit up. Hit they're up fighting they're, for.
1: They're They're fighting Billy Goats out there. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're, like, they're going ahead and having Billy Goats, and it's not and the same. Like each other. Yeah.
0: I don't it's, know. It's very much like uh, when I was in high school. We're We're going to talk about the Kings eventually. I promise. When I was in high school, like we would, I went to Christian Brothers. We would play like. Uh, What's James Ham School? Uh, We were just talking Nevada uh, Union and you, yeah. Um, you know, you go up to I'm, you know, Christian Brothers, nice private school. It's got weight room, all this stuff. We're lifting weights. We feel good about ourselves. We're definition of a 500 team. Play whatever. Play El Camino. We'll blow them out. Go up to Nevada Union. You go up to Nevada Union. Those kids are like, you know, working the fields and stuff on weekends, like helping their parents. Chopping know, wood, to the, yeah, chop wood. Tend to the cows and stuff. Like they're real. They have like real, like human strength, like real grown man strength from lifting hay bales and stuff. They have like or old like, man strength, muscles lifting forty-five pound dumbbells, thinking like, "Oh yeah, look at my biceps." Meanwhile, these guys, you know, haven't lifted a, a you know, whatever barbell man. in their life
1: well they they have old man strength in their yeah. teens which is because yes. the way you get old man strength you know when we were growing up it's like oh old man doing manual labor doing yard work doing stuff like yeah. that these guys are out there paul Bunyaning, chopping trees, really? chopping trees down and uh i was telling james that the, when we played placer uh they just have those 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 kids up there in the hills that are uh, you know we call them corn fed uh the country boys they're just they're just. <laughs> huge human beings meanwhile we have a s- small well that's me the rest of my friends are small or bigger i'm i'm five eight but uh but i digress so yeah the okish brothers don't want to mess with them no i feel like they're built different uh i keep saying that but i can't emphasize how can't different emphasize them enough <laughs> no it's just those guys the video also from the the thing in preseason with phoenix there that's a video on twitter of the brothers trying to jump the bench to go and, and get into it with Devin Booker, I think so. Uh, yeah, let's let's not get into fights. Kings, you you know who to avoid. Kings, kings yeah. know who to avoid. Avoid because when you're when you're messing with one yoke, it, you're messing with all of them. So mm-hmm. steer clear.
0: Let's. Uh, I don't think there's any smooth transition into that. So um, thank you. All be for, thank you all for listening for to me and Frankie's TED talk about why you don't get in fights with people who Nicola look Jokic. Like they get in fights often. Uh, now Coming from two guys who have not been in fights speaking. Yes. Very important. Speaking of fight, uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, are just wrapped up. Actually, we're recording on a Tuesday here. Uh, they just wrapped up their homestand. It was a three game homestand, four game homestand, four game homestand, four game homestand uh, where, you know, we, we you know, we, we've lived through the results. Um, they, they, beat they beat the hornets, lost to the pacers, lost to the suns, um, beat new orleans as well at home. And uh you know, we're sitting here the kings are one game under 500 heading into a fairly easy road trip, but um before we obviously talk about what what's to come, we're going to we're going to head on back into the past time and uh discuss what happened in uh in these past. Uh we're really going to focus on the last two games, but um you know obviously we want to get some sort of positivity in here so we're going to we're going to sprinkle in some talk about the the pelicans in the uh in the hornets game because honestly there is still some st- things in there that that need to be talked about because uh you know the, the if you just go off the last two games we're really going to have a much sadder podcast and the reality of the situation is and I'm sure we'll say it uh a lot coming up this team shown some promise and, and as, as bleak as these past two games have been in terms of, you know, we definitely wanted different results. There's been nuggets in there that are very, very promising. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely not something that, uh, you know, a lot, of, I've heard a lot, you know, of, of people waiting for this team to regress back into the team that they've always been. I think that there's a lot of, there's bread trail, cookie trail, whatever you want to say of this team is not, not a hundred percent what we've always seen it before. I think as we're seeing, you know, here and there, there's still a little bit of the identity left in this team, but, um, they're trying to shake it and they're doing, they're doing a fairly decent job.
1: Yeah. And when we look back at the last four games and again, sorry, everybody for the the gap in recording, we've been trying to figure out, we've had some work stuff. Chris had a bunch of events Yeah. Chris had a bunch of events, uh, uh, for, for his, his position, uh, with, with concerts and whatnot. Uh, where We found our niche now, and we're going to try to do recordings every two days, um, two games. But the, last, the to put in the two-game sample size is just right now, the first two games of the homestand, hey, there's that that promise. There's that potential we all see. You see them close out a game against New Orleans, which they've had trouble doing this season. They close out that game. They put that game away. And then on Friday night, possibly the best Kings game I've watched over the last 4 5 years it, that game from start to finish was just an absolute beatdown on Charlotte. Uh it it was I mean we had I had a bunch of friends and my mom and sister f- family in the building and I was worried it was going to be a dud. No. Hmm. The, the biggest ass kicking the Kings have, have have had in in a long time and I was really excited that night. I don't know how you were feeling, but I was really excited. And we, we've talked to people like James Hamm and Matt George and these guys around the arena that are really high on this year's team and Jason Ross, who thinks the Kings are going to be a, a, a top seven seed. Um, and I remember coming into the game against Indiana, we were talking about, I, I, I'll, we'll believe after this night. We'll believe if they win tonight. If they win tonight, we'll fully buy in. And uh, then they they begin the the back end of that that two game stretch on the last half. So it's 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 uh I feel a little rope a doped right now mm-hmm. after these last two games. I feel a little like that Charlotte game really got me to a point where I thought this team has the potential, and they still do. I think have the potential, but and I know that Tyrese Halliburton being injured could affect uh, that narrative over the next week or so because I know that it could be a little longer than than a one game. Um a one game absence, but uh I'll I'll put it into perspective as far as the Kings, I think are a good team, but I'm not sure if good is gonna be good enough. If 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 they play this way for, for 72 or 71 more games, maybe they finish 10th for sure. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the potential we've been seeing from them prior to the last two game stretch is that seven, eight seed potential. And I, I hope they can get back to that.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best way of putting it is, is, uh, you know, like you said, after that Hornets game, you and I have talked relentlessly about how many times the Kings have seemingly just not beaten the Hornets. You know, the Hornets are a team that's somewhere around the Kings level um, in terms of talent and play. And for whatever reason, the Kings just can't seem to ever beat them. Um, so it was very I mean, you and I were were very scared coming into that New Orleans game or I'm sorry, the where are they now? They're not in New Orleans uh, Charlotte game uh, feeling like, wow, I just really threw it back um, feeling like, you know, there's a chance that we lose today. Uh, the Pacers game is kind of one of those where it's the same situation as Charlotte, where this team is not, you know, they're not top five seed in the East or anything like that, but by no means is a slouch um, and a team that could very well beat the Kings. And we saw what ended up playing out, but I think that's a winnable game. Um, They beat them up
1: to to, to, go ahead. Just to kind of like while we're on the subject of, of Indiana, because basically that's, that's just, Mm -hmm. I guess where we begin the Charlotte game was perfect. There's nothing really the Kings could have done better they allowed 110 points. Okay, bummer, but they scored 140. So Yeah. I'll all that any day. Break a franchise Also, I record just, I don't degrees. think
0: that Charlotte team the good parts of like that that might happen like two or three more times this year, but I just don't think that is a repre a good representation of what this Kings team is. No. And like Kings I don't are- I don't even think like they put up 104 like last year they would put up 100 and that those kind of offensive numbers regardless of win or loss i just don't think they're even that kind of offense anymore
1: no and they had a franchise record with three point yeah. makes that that doesn't happen every night obviously it hadn't happened ever so um it, it, you look at just the indiana game where where you what you're just talking about and i think coming to that game the thing i kept seeing on twitter was trap it's a trap game and yeah i agree but the only problem is The Pacers didn't play remarkable that night. Uh, I think I have the numbers right here. Uh, I I mean, they shot 48% from the field and 34% from from three. Sure, sure. But the Kings Kings shot 36% from the field and 29% from three. It's just they beat themselves, and they beat themselves, and that also kind of holds true to last night against Phoenix in that third quarter. The the Kings played pretty good basketball over this homestand, minus the majority of the Indiana game in, in one quarter against Phoenix. Uh they they should be three and one in reality, and they're not. That's on them. Uh but that I guess kind of is like if there is a silver lining, a little bit of a silver lining. And I know last night you and I watching the Suns game were I I don't know if if, if checked out was the word, but when they are down by twenty-four in the in the in the late third, beginning of the fourth, down by twenty. Uh, you, we were finishing our work, and I mean, w- we look up, and when we we start seeing the Damian Jones is coming in, and and the the Chimezi Metu's, and uh, it seems like waving the white flag, and and the the one thing I will say is, throughout the season we've seen over eleven games that the team won't quit. They haven't quit on any game this season. They haven't gotten uh steamrolled in any game this season. Even if they got partial, you know, they were getting beat down pretty bad. Uh, they come back. They, they're they're a resurgent team, and that's something I think that definitely is is uh, is notable.
0: Like you said, he then starts the fourth quarter, putting in Damian Jones with Chemezzi. I think also Jamias Ramsey checks in at that point. Call a spade a spade, like Luke's waving the white. Like, he he's he's pretty much you know how like at during the national anthem they have all those people come out and wave the 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 American flag. Um, so yeah that's yeah. what luke is luke is pretty much doing he's he's at center court he's like slams and he's just waving that that mm. flag around he's like it is over and uh for whatever reason or not i mean like you said you and i were were pretty much wrapping up our work at that point i'm kind of you know just looking up and down hearing scott moak say jamezi you met them ah, damian jones and i'm like yeah oh, look, they're scoring, whatever. Um, eventually make it close, make it nine points. Um, I don't know. Should like, we, should we do like a, a play by play breakdown here of, I mean, of how... I mean
1: it, it, I guess it's the, the end of it is really the most important part. And yeah, that the, the that, ending that, was, well, the Harrison Barnes and one was a huge turning point. I, mm-hmm. I think when, when he had that, that basket and the crowd erupted and it was going to be a two point game. That yeah. was when I thought they really can win this game. And mm-hmm. I just figured the play was too close. Uh, Booker did seem like he was fairly set. He might have been okay. floating a tiny, tiny bit, but I think there was more evidence than not. He was, I mean, obviously it was it was overturned, but um, that was the turning point of the game. I think if that gets confirmed, if that three-point play happens, maybe the game goes to overtime. There was about a minute left in the game, but mm-hmm. when you take off that three, those three points and it's still a five-point game, and then I think, yeah, Phoenix came down and scored again to make it a seven-point uh, game. Yeah. It, yeah it, it, And they still cut it close to three, the Kings did yeah, but then we get to that last possession where after after Booker misses two free throws, See, which so went- like,
0: yeah, <laughs> like that the whole end of game is just crazy. So the it goes with the Harrison offensive foul, then De'Aaron misses his two free throws, which Jeez. I mean we can we can kind of talk for we can break for a second here to talk about this. Um do you have? I think De'Aaron is shooting seventy percent still from the free throw line. Uh, De'Aaron um, Fox is shooting
1: sixty eight percent, which is sixty eight percent. That's um, the worst he's ever. It's the worst. We we, it's the
0: worst. we 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 talked about it endlessly last year. Um, he's not getting to the line nearly as much that so far this season. Um, he's got to capitalize. He just has to. Like that's that's kind of an unfair spot to point at him. Oh, I guess it's not unfair to point at him, but um, you know, it's unfortunate that both those two misses come in an incredibly crucial time in the game. But um, yeah, man, like you, you just can't, I mean, obviously Devin Booker, like you said, uh, ends up missing two right after that to kind of save Fox's tail, no pun intended. But um, I think we, we have to, this has to come to an end. Like De'Aaron Fox, if if you wanna be if you wanna be the guy that we all know you can be um you this is like this is ground floor level stuff of like this is what a star does like if the game's you know you you gotta if your teams need you to hit these easy
1: shots like that's 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 cake man come on yeah and De'Aaron... I think is I think whether he'll want to admit it or not, I think that he has been affected by this mentally. I think, especially during Indiana, I, I saw clear hesitation in in his shot, his shot ability, or his shot um, decision making. He, I think, I'm seeing some second guessing out there, and that could be the case at the line. I mean, I will say, coming into last night, he had made nine free throws in a row, and he was seven of eleven last night, which I would take on most nights, but sixty three percent is just still not. I mean, I take that back. I 63%. I know 7 of 11 might seem like a lot of free throws to make a lot out of It's just the Kings lost by five points. And, and De'Aaron Fox making four free throws, sure. I don't know if that makes an overall difference in the, in the grand scheme of things. But I think it makes teams – there could be a hack of De'Aaron at some point. It, we could get – I don't think I've seen it happen yet, but that could happen soon. It could happen. It's something that I don't think if teams want to save points late, why not save a point? If you're, if a team is up by four points with a minute and a half or minute 50, do you want to just hack De'Aaron and, and and drain another 24 off the clock after De'Aaron misses a free throw? I mean, it's just, I'd rather do that than let the Kings give it buddy or Tyrese a chance to knock down a three or Harrison, give Harrison a chance to, to score in the post. Um, it's it's concerning because De'Aaron, when you start second guessing yourself, you know it's a winding road. It's a scary road. No, I, point. I, I think last night he had a a decent game. Eight to nineteen isn't fantastic. He he made his only three point attempt. Um, twenty four points, five assists, three steals, three blocks. I mean, he's filling the stat sheet, but the the take De'Aaron Fox. It hasn't happened. His his best game of the season so far from a field goal standpoint was when he made 8 of 14 against New Orleans, and he had 19 points. Uh, every other game, he shot under 43%. It's just he hasn't been able to get going. And when you factor in the fact that the free throws are also not an improvement, which he said he did focus a lot of time on this off season, Um, which brings me to the question, but I'll answer it myself right now, is are you concerned? Yeah. I think at this point it's been eleven games and De'Aaron Fox is basically regressed to even worse than his second year numbers. I mean, from a field goal standpoint, he's averaging eighteen points a game, four rebounds, which is great, six assists, which is great, but thirty nine percent from the field, twenty percent from three, and sixty eight percent from the free throw line. Uh he he's he's not able to shoot the basketball right now. And mm-hmm. and it's been overnight of the season. Yes, it's early. Yes, there's time to turn it around, but I can't sit here and say I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned it's going to blow over because I was saying that five games ago. So how mm-hmm. do you, how do you feel? Yeah, I'm
0: definitely I'm definitely concerned. Um, you know, it's his offensive game is just it's not. You know, if if you watched him play before, you can tell that something is not not right. He's not attacking the rim with the same kind of ferocity that he used to, which is strange because he's he's put on muscle. He's, he seems to have. Definitely, at least in his upper body, gain some gain some strength. And he's not he's not uh, attacking this with the same, like I said, ferocity that he used to. I know um, I've pointed out that the the Kings have played some really big bigs and maybe that's kind of deterred him from going in the paint, um, you know, with the likes of Gobert and, you know, Valanchunas isn't a rim protector by any stretch of the imagination. And, that's Indiana, a body.
1: Indiana, Indiana had Miles trees, Turner. too. That was yeah. tough on
0: everybody. Yeah. Um, boy, and Miles Turner ate De'Aaron alive a couple times. There, I was, I was, I was shocked. I mean, frankly, like I, I really thought De'Aaron had, um, I just thought he had more skill. Not saying he's not skilled, but I thought the I my my big point with De'Aaron is i I'm surprised that he hasn't at the um lack of array of buckets, uh. It just doesn't seem like he's really diverse he's really only looking for his three point shot, uh his like drive, turnaround, fadeaway, out of the key shot, um, that mid-range shot, and then he's if it's there, like to go all the way to the rim, he'll go to the rim. But uh, you know, in the past we would see him really attack defenders and try and get to the rim. His floater's not not even being attempted really at all. Uh, it's just very really really strange his play is he's almost playing like something is not that he's hurt but just maybe nicked up or like afraid to aggravate or something i don't know i don't want to you know knock on something that's not there but um well here's a here's a stat just, something something hasn't clicked this season clearly and i'm 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 honestly not confident that it's just going to click on like that because uh it it just doesn't well, seem like he's getting good
1: looks if you're wondering if the King's success is contingent on De'Aaron Fox's success, uh, and we've said the Kings will go as far as De'Aaron Fox will take them, uh, this season, that's spot on, hitting the nail right on the head because the Sacramento Kings, they're 5-1 when De'Aaron Fox scores 18 points or more. They're 0-5 when he scores 17 or less. And De'Aaron, yeah, granted last night he had 24. That's the one loss. And you saw how bad the team played. The Kings are going to go as far as De'Aaron Fox takes them. I, I really believe that. And I think you've said that too, Chris. That might be even your quote. I think you quoted that. Um, I think you specifically coined that. Anyone else out there that said yeah. that, give Chris his credit. Yeah. Um, a hot take season. Fox I was the only was person good.
0: who realized De'Aaron Fox was good.
1: That's- yeah. I'm I'm not going to sit here. and Yeah, I'm saying I'm worried about De'Aaron Fox, but I'm not going to sit here and say – I think they need to include him in, in a and in trade him for Ben Simmons. I just, I don't know if that's really the answer for the Kings. I mean, long-term just to ship De'Aaron away immediately after having 11 games for, for Ben Simmons, which I know Daryl Morey. I don't think he's even said that would be enough. That still might not be enough because he's asking for Jalen Brown and, and change from the Celtics. So De'Aaron might not be enough anyway. Um, I, well, that's a conversation, Jalen Brown or De'Aaron Fox. Who's better. That's a conversation for sure. Who's better. You're gonna have Ch- that conversation now. Are you gonna say Jalen Brown? Um, <sighs> right now, right now, for sure. But overall, from the, the body of work of their careers.
0: Well, I think the pro. I mean, I I would say yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown's on a much better team, and oh has, yeah. has much better career accolades. But I'm really just trying to think, like, if you put Jalen Brown on the Cleveland Cavaliers or something like that, like, what does his career look like?
1: Well, Jalen Brown's
0: because I mean that's, that's the situation points. that De'Aaron's in. You just put De'Aaron on some lowly franchise and tell him essentially figure out your career and 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 figure it out. Like just figure it out. You don't have really any help. It's just it's just you, man. Like you got to be great. And uh, Jalen Brown kind of had the culture of you know like I mean he, he had that amazing first season where the Celtics made it the Eastern Conference Finals and he was able to get those. <clears throat> those Eastern conference final, oh, that was the second year that was Tatum's rookie year. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been able to come up with good teams with a great coach uh, and a great system. That's, that's nurtured him through his six NBA seasons or something like that. Like Darren has had to get thrown in the fire and figure it out. And uh, from day you know, one, I yeah, I, I, so, I would say, uh, I mean, yeah, I would say Jalen Brown, if, if I were a a third neutral team, and I was like, you can either trade for De'Aaron Fox or you can trade for
1: Jalen Brown. I'd probably trade for Jalen Brown when when you look at what Jalen Brown's done over the last two seasons. I think we we'll, we're being a little biased if we say De'Aaron is is better than Jalen Brown. If you if you are out there and you're looking at Basketball Reference or ESPN, go look at Jalen Brown's numbers over the last two seasons, and um, the guy the guy is a player, man. Uh, so if if, sure. if yeah, I don't I don't know if that's something that you know. Ben Simmons still my end of season on Philly. I don't want to get into the Ben Simmons stuff. My my point back to my original point is, uh, the answer to the trade, De'Aaron Fox. He does possess the ability to turn it around. We've seen it before. Uh, it's just how long do we have to wait, and how long does that waiting affect the King's season? Because I don't want to put it all on De'Aaron. It's not all De'Aaron's fault. But when you look at that track record. These are 3-point, 6-point, 6 6-point, 6 9-point, and the 12-point the loss to Golden State, which is a game that got away, frankly. Um, De'Aaron Fox is 17 points or less in all of those games. And mm-hmm. that's tough. Losing to Indiana on, on Sunday by 3 points when De'Aaron is 17 points and he's shooting 36% from the field, that's tough because you know if De'Aaron has a regular De'Aaron Fox game that that game's over. Um, last night was was also one of those games where – De'Aaron scored 24 points, but he had a bad night from the field. If De'Aaron can refine that form, the Kings are a very dangerous team. Man, I
0: mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, and I know I I don't have to tell Kings fans that, like, imagine if De'Aaron Fox had been good. I know people have already thought about it, but I mean, if De'Aaron Fox was at 24 points a game on 48% shooting or something like that from the field, like, what is this team? seven and four something like that like, yeah yeah I th- yeah. I think that it's just a completely different team and I, it sucks I mean you know I don't think De'Aaron's gonna listen to this podcast and think anything of it but like I don't want to blame De'Aaron Fox for the Kings standing but I mean essentially like you know the the Kings are what De'Aaron Fox is he's he's he hasn't been spectacular. He hasn't. He just hasn't. We've we've mentioned, but he's also, you know, people are acting, like you know, he, he is taking a good volume of shots. If his volume of shots wasn't as high, he probably wouldn't have as high stats. But the guy's still putting up damn near 18, five and five. Like that's
1: that's and he's playing. Hor- and, and he's playing horrible. He's there's, playing playing not horrible. Much, yeah, there's not much. There's is- not much worse he can do he would admit he is playing poorly. So it, if and he's still, it's, it's still 18, five and six, 18, if four, by six. that
0: logic, he's just going to get better. Um, I don't think there's any reason to not assume that the team will only be better from here. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, when, when he does start to play well, like how things kind of fall into place. Um, Buddy has, on the counter end of De'Aaron started the season very well. He hasn't been 55% from three or anything insane like that, but he's been, you know, the type of numbers that you would expect to see buddy to have at the end of the season, he's shooting above 50 or 40% from three. Uh, He's driving the paint. Well, he's at, I think 18 a game or something like that. Um, You know, Harrison does his stats go down. We've kind of already seen, uh, him take a step back, at least in terms of field goal attempts. He's still maintaining the same stats. but the Yeah, dude he is... scoring t-
1: 26 points on nine field goals last night. It's crazy. Ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Insane. But you want to know why he scored 26 points? Because he made free all, th- 11, of, all 11, 11 of free throws. Of 11. The, the, the man is shooting 50% from the field, 43% from three, and 86% from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. That's too much to ask from for from anybody, but there you go. You make your free throws. <laughs> you, 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 you more, you're yeah. more successful. I mean, player. De'Aaron
0: would have had 26 as well last night if he had all his free throws. He was 7 yeah. of 11, ended up with 22, if I'm not mistaken. Like
1: De'Aaron, De'Aaron would have had – I mean, he missed three free throws, four free throws. Then he made 11 in a row, missed four free throws, missed one, missed three. I mean, there there's a lot of points he's leaving on the board – shooting mm-hmm. 100% from the free throw line is impossible. Uh, I mean, yeah. Even the even the best of the best haven't done it Steve Nash, you know, Chris Paul, those guys. Um got you got to do also, better than 68. I mean, like, got to be better than 68%. You
0: look at the past you don't look at it anymore, but if you look at the past like four seasons of James Harden, count, countless nights where the dude is like 15 of 15, 13 of 13, 10 of 10. It's not like it's it's we're not saying you and I are not saying shoot 100 percent for the season. But, man, can we get to 75,
1: maybe seventy-five games
0: of shooting 80 percent, 85 percent, 90? It's not crazy. Like it sounds like you're saying, it sounds crazy to be like, hey, man, can you go out there and make 19 of 20 free throws in the next two games? That sounds really hard. It's not it's not easy. You know, you and I can go. Stand at you know post game and shoot free throws for two hours and probably not make nineteen. I can guarantee we will not make nineteen of twenty free throws. No. But at the same time, absolutely not. Obviously, you and I are not Darren Fox. Like no, we need we we the dude needs if he's going to be at the line that frequently, he needs to be able to weaponize that that part of his game. And right now, it is being weaponized against him. It's being weaponized, exactly. Uh, you you mentioned. The, the Hack of Fox, you know who we play next? Greg Popovich. Greg Pop, and no, you know Greg who's Pop knows. Greg Pop knows. The exact type to watch film and notice that same exact thing if things are going down bad line. Greg Popovich.
1: Yep. And he'll definitely so push I would not
0: be surprised one bit if we're sitting here next episode talking, man, how Pop they, really how they, did it. That's how the so King, bitch.
1: how the Kings were up five with a minute 20 left or, or uh, I don't think you can do that with a minute 20 with two and a half minutes left. And Fox uh, starts getting hacked just because San Antonio is trying Look, to man. trade, trade Point, two points for ones. happen fast. It, well, last night they did. And it, it was it yeah. was fun to watch. Really fun to watch. But um, De'Aaron going to need more out of him. Uh, Harrison Barnes, just to kind of just wrap up on, on him before we get yeah. um, into the. Well, I want to just kind of pose a question about marv uh, in a moment but yeah um harrison has gone this long yeah you know we made it 40 minutes i'll talk about marvin bagley yeah. harrison barnes uh i don't know if it's sustainable i'll keep saying that every week but my god i hope it is because he's doing it so easily so easily yeah. nine shots last night he's not forcing we we keep saying it i, I think uh i i said it we've recorded two weeks ago but i said it then that the man just is not forcing he <laughs> He shot over 40% from the field in every single game except two. And and in those two games, he did not shoot well from the field. He had a double-double. So even when he's struggling, he's getting it done. And in those games where he was struggling, he had a double-double, he had over four assists. So his production is coming from so many different ways. And I think we can officially say that last year's season was on a fluke. I think that – I don't know if it's the Kings or Luke Walton or whoever. The Kings fans hearing Luke Walton just cringed. Sorry, but (laughs) – um, something's been unlocked in his game that ha- has not been seen in him, not in golden state where he was kind of an, a fourth, fifth option afterthought Dallas, where he was looked at as, as the, the franchise guy or the player for, for two seasons. Um, something's been unlocked in him. I, I I really think he's become even more valuable and, mm-hmm. He's right now Sacramento's best player. That's not really even a discussion. I don't think. And he's a guy, the Kings I think can look to for scoring, which I don't think that was an, an idea. You and I had when the Kings acquired him a couple of years ago was, wow, we need buckets. Let's go to Harrison Barnes. Now it's yeah. he can do it from the outside. He can do it from the inside. He's able to get into the paint last night. He had, it was like a layup package. I think almost all of his shots came from right at the rim. I think he made what one three last night. Um, Two, he made one of his two threes, and the rest came in the paint. So um, just, again, give him his flowers as much as I can and why the man keeps doing what he's doing because it's been so fun to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's shooting uh, 49% from the field, uh, 43% from three on seven, seven three three-point attempts. I'm sorry, that's two-point attempts. Uh, what, what was his three-point? 6.3. 6.3. Cl- close. Uh, threes a game. Taking his made uh, threes his like, twos almost yeah I I I absolutely love it I mean like you said the opposite of what I said about De'Aaron he's getting buckets ev- from from everywhere he's getting putbacks he's getting under the under the hoop you know reverses uh, doing euro steps doing dunks hitting corner threes hitting top of the three hitting it in transition it, there's there's just no stopping him and on a night to night basis I keep waiting for like you said that twelve point game. But he ends up with ten rebounds. Um, you know, there's been nights where, yeah, you know, Harrison. I think last night, like you said, he took nine shots in the Pacer game. I think he took like eight or something. He's he's been he's been very very selective about his shots. And if anything, I would you and I last night especially. I remember uh, he, him and Tyrese really are are just they're not they're definitely not forcing it. But there's also some situations where it's like. If you're just set and ready to catch the ball, you can fling that thing up even more. You can probably three more shot attempts a game if they really wanted to. Um, and that's the kind of thing that, I mean, it'll be interesting if if Harrison needs to be that. If, if De'Aaron Fox continues to struggle, the Kings are going to need people to score more points because the way that the offense, especially the last two games post-Charlotte has gone, they failed to score 100 points. Like, they can't... Mm-hmm they can't struggle like that offensively because we know how easy it is for this team to slip defensively. As we saw last night, I thought last night was going to be your typical last season game where the Kings, well, the Kings didn't fail to score a hundred a lot last year, but I thought it was going to be well on their way to 125 to 98 or something like that. And, you know, the the team ended up playing some deep. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but, um, I just, you know, whatever. I, I think I originally started with Harrison Barnes. Harrison's been amazing. Um, And there's not really anything else you could ask for him. He's at 22 a game right now. I can't imagine he goes any higher than that. But um, I also, with the way that he's been playing, it's not anything that's not sustainable. No, he's he... getting such easy buckets, and he's doing it so efficiently that the only reason I could see him not continuing is if he just stops. Making his shots and continues to not put up shots. If he still, if he goes three of nine instead of trying to search for his shot and go six of
1: eighteen or something like that, he's taken less than ten field goal attempts in three of the last four games. So that's just kind of crazy to me. Yeah, and Luke said uh, last week he wants Harrison or last on Friday he wants Harrison to do more. He wants more out of him, and and I I know that Harrison's not going to force. He's a veteran. He knows how how to get his points. Um, A lot of them have come from the free throw line. But I think the Kings do need Harrison to kind of get that ultimate buddy healed kind of green light. Uh, take take the shots you want to take. And and I think he has already, and he's being very selective. And I appreciate that. So um, love it, HB. Love it.
0: Can I just say also, so I was, uh, I just looked up, I was trying to figure out which game buddy had his 17 three-point attempts. And uh, it was the Charlotte game, which... At least it was a game in which we won by 30.
1: Didn't he make um, nine of them? Or eight of them? He
0: made eight eight of them, yeah.
1: I mean, I'll take that. I will take okay. it every
0: single day of the week. You can take 17 threes and make four percent
1: yep. Go ahead. You make eight um, of them, absolutely. Make seven of them. I'm just looking
0: now, though, because you see, you mentioned Harrison has had under 10 shot attempts in four of the last... Three, three of the last games. four four uh, three of the last four games. I'm looking at just Buddy's three-point attempts. I'll just I mean there's only been 11 games so I'll just go down the list. 7, 15, 10, 11, 7, 12, 7, 10, 17, 12, 11. Green light, ultimate green light, green light. Um and you know, I think <laughs> it's safe to say that I think some of those shots can maybe be surrendered Elsewhere to Harrison Barnes, Um, Tyrese. When Tyrese, Tyrese, uh, you know Davion's taking a couple threes. I think he's shown the ability to be confident from out there. I don't know if I need him taking seven threes or something, but he wants to take three or four. Go ahead. Uh, But I, my main point is, I think Harrison. I would love to see Harrison take
1: eight or nine a game. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, especially when he's knocking down like this in. Mm-hmm. You know, feed the hot hand. It, mm-hmm. How long will the hand be hot? We don't know. Hopefully mm-hmm. it's hot the whole season. Like you said, 22 points a game. Tough to ask for more from him. I won't ask for more from him. I'd ask mm-hmm. for the, the same production or a little less. Uh, I think that Harrison's capable of that. Last year he had a career season. This year he's 29 years old. He's in his mm-hmm. prime. Could this be his final form? We're going to find out. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's been fun to watch. And um, hopefully other members of the Kings can also, you know, take a note mm-hmm. of his book. Tyrese seems to be more aggressive when he's playing. Buddy has yeah. done a good job of, of, I think, being selective to to a certain extent. He still does some some buddy esque things, um, but it goes back to De'Aaron, and we've already talked about that enough. But if De'Aaron can get his stuff going, whew, we're on to something. Talking about
0: getting stuff going, go ahead and uh, let let's let's well, go ahead and bunker down and ask this question.
1: Let's let's start with the fact that these are guards. Granted, sure but the rotation is going to be affected probably for the next, I'd say at least the next two games. It sounded like Tyrese is going to be out for a little bit longer. Luke was saying Tyrese Halliburton's back, a soreness, is not something that's – it's not a – it's not worrisome, he said, but it's going to probably take a little time to heal, probably another game or two. Uh, Terrence Davis last night turned his ankle, limped off the court and went right to the locker room. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a game or two, maybe even more. Um, the rotation is going to be affected – Last night, you saw Luke Walton throw out Damian Jones. You saw him throw out Jamias Ramsey. You saw him throw out Shemizi Metu. Kings needed points. And Marvin Bagley remained on the bench. And it brings me to the question, which is, is there a a sort of handshake or verbal agreement that Marvin's just not going to play again for the Kings unless – there's like a devastating injury flurry where a bunch of guys come out. Is he just, they're just going to le- let him remain, keep himself healthy for free agency or for a trade and just not play? Because it's hard for me to sit here and say that he could not help them in any way right now because I just don't believe that. I think the Kings could have used Marvin's help last night. I think they could use him during, uh, against Indiana, against those tough bigs in there. Why not throw him out there in, in a big that can score and challenge those guys? Uh, or at least take, draw some attention off of you know Marvin being in the paint. That can draw some defensive attention away from, from other guys out on the perimeter. Uh, or the mid-range even. It, it's just tough for me to sit here and, and watch these games and watch Marvin just sit on the bench. Who has been very supportive of his teammates. But is there some kind of agreement that, that Marvin's just not going to play again and, and Luke is, is honoring that with his agency, maybe? I mean, I'm I'm not sure what else it could be.
0: Frankie, how, do, how about when the team is up 30? I mean, the team yeah. won by 30 points. And granted, Luke's- yes, in the fourth quarter, there was a little scare. And you and I both will be the first to admit, like, we were nervous in that fourth quarter for a second. We were like, uh-oh, like, it looks like... I think they cut the lead to like sixteen or something like I don't know what it was it it was close it was getting close, and uh so I guess in in to play devil's advocate, you could say that that game looked at the end a lot better than it actually was and more secure, and so maybe that's why he couldn't hop in there, but um normally, to a question like that, I would say it definitely seems so it definitely seems to be the case um this time. I'm going with a definitive un- unconfirmed unsourced yes. That is what's happening. Um 100% like it's it's I don't know if it's a handshake deal, I don't know if it's some unreported unspoken suspension for you know the 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 agent letter that went out, you know, maybe it's some conduct detrimental to the team kind of thing and he was already on the fringes and so it kind of just pushed him to the bottom i don't know but what i do know is it is completely not related to on the court because i'll 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 be willing to listen to you know if we were to have james ham on right now james i already know would say look like the kid's not gonna he's not he's not helping you win games like at the end of the day you put marvin bagley in Wait, who who you put him in for? Let's we'll just be super over the top, and we'll say, why doesn't Marvin start for Mo Harkless? Like, why doesn't Mo Harkless just come off the bench, Mo? Whatever, give Marvin minutes, and just do the same thing you do with Mo. Play Marvin ten minutes, whatever doesn't matter. Let's whatever.
1: No, I, I get. I, I that, that I, that's, I, that's a good like, question
0: to ask. I guess fair I, right now. I, I think it's completely fair. I just I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for you because my answer is it just has to be. It has to be what like you said, like, I think it's just an un a, a handshake, unspoken. Look, man, we both know what it is. You're not in our plans. We're not in your plans. We're trying to do something here. We don't want to risk you potentially messing it up to try and better yourself. Let's just wash our hands of it, be a good teammate, sit on the bench, practice. That's tough. That's really, really, really tough, especially when you, you know, consider all the baggage that comes along with Marvin, all of the no pun intended narrative You know, he's not Luka stuff. He's not X player stuff. We're just getting nothing out of him, out of that pick, out of that slot, out of that talent. Um, well, it makes me
1: feel bad because it's also, it's wasting a year of his career right now we're kind of wait i I think he's he can find success elsewhere and i'm guessing there's no deal out there yet and the way the nba works is is it's just funny. the the deals that aren't here now could be there in in uh at the deadline again injuries are a part of that and team a a playoff or a contending team that needs a big could want to make a move for him but would this is also it I'm, i'm i'm thinking about it as we
0: as we're talking here like if Marvin plays this is this is definitely what it is. If he plays well, what's the upside? Fans are like, "Hey, this guy's playing well. Why don't we try and like figure it out with him still and, you know, why don't we try and insert him or whatever, even if it's trade him." Okay, you're probably going to trade him for something that's not worth what he is. If you just don't play him, his value stays the same. If anything, here's the key part. I I think this is the biggest part. His value doesn't drop because if he comes in and he's only going to play 10 minutes a game or something, what if Marvin comes in and it's like whatever, four points and three rebounds a game or something, and he just looks fine. He looks whatever. He just looks like a, whatever, a bench player. Does that do, that doesn't do the Kings any good. It just drops his value to the point where like, okay, like, what's the difference between Marvin Bagley and Chemezi Metu? Like, I don't, at least now you can say like, look, we all know how talented this kid is. We just, you know, it's not working out for us and you know, what kind of player you're getting. We don't need to show you. Cause if you show somebody, then all of us, it's like, i trying to think of a good comparison here. It's like, uh, it's kind of like taking a car off the lot. You know, once you take the car off the lot, and you it show was, them what it's got, value. it's like, it loses value. You're once, like, you, like oh, once, you,
1: once the card leaves a lot, it loses like, I can't remember if it's a percent or a dollar amount or Let's say it's it, the the a collectible drops. toy,
0: a collectible toy. You know, right Open now, the box. in the box. He's in the box. He's shiny. You see what it is. He doesn't have any dirt on. I mean, we know, you know, you can read reviews on, on what other people have, have said <laughs> about the toy. From this toy. But, you know, right now, it's a shiny new toy and you know what you're going to get with this shiny toy and you can do what you want. But the second we take it out of the box, all the questions start getting asked again of like, well, why wouldn't I just get a new toy? Well, I see you've opened this box. How do I know that you've only used it once or twice? Uh, I don't know. I don't really want somebody else's toy. Um, I think people get the reference, but I I think uh, you hit it around
1: the head. No, I think that you're right. Right. If, if the Kings, do play him and he, it's like a gamble. So if he plays well, maybe his value goes up. But what if he plays? What if he plays worse? I mean, right now it's right in the middle, and I think the middle is good for the Kings and as far as their um, their trade <laughs> prospects. But what I, if he
0: plays amazing?
1: Also, what, what if, he, if, plays if he plays so
0: well that people are like, this guy needs to start. Like he needs to be a part of this team. I think that creates a whole lot more problems than what the Kings want to have. And I, I don't think that would be the case because I do believe that if Marvin was able to significantly help the team, then they would, they would swap probably, I would like to assume swallow their pride in the goal of winning. But um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely a very interesting situation. And I'll tell you what, this is the first time this year that um, some like old uh, Kings Kingsness is like mystique is, is, coming around the team because this is a pretty common thing where I I feel like, uh, especially in the past, we've, the Kings are just very secretive about things. They don't like to come out and, and, and cause drama or really, you know, address what's happening. You know, is it partially our fault in the media for not asking? I guess, but also it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you don't ask because we're not trying to piss anybody off either. You know, like we can't just
1: some questions are like Jason Anderson asks questions that, that really push it and and I give him mm-hmm. credit because he asks the questions I think I think we all think but don't yeah. want to ask and that might ruffle some feathers sometimes, but um they they just really kind of just almost like plead the fifth on a lot of a lot of stuff. Like, oh we're not worried about what's going on out there, we're worried about what's going on in here. Okay, I know you're saying that, but and I think things in the locker room are good right now from a chemistry mm-hmm. standpoint, and Marvin does seem like he's buying in and he's 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 being a good teammate on the bench. He's being really active. He's not just sitting there and moping. Um, I, I just think that in recent history, not being open and not—I don't want him. I don't want it to be like a. a a Ben Simmons situation and Doc Rivers and, and Embiid and then come out and just say like, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be my point guard one side or or
0: the other. It's like you either get no information or it's like too much.
1: Whoa. Okay.
0: (laughs) He just said Marvin Bagley probably can never play an NBA game again. Yep, And and that's (laughs) like,
1: and that's where we are. Like what, what Luke Walton really thinks inside of his brain is either Marvin Bagley is not a good enough NBA player to make an impact in a game or, I'm just done with this guy because of all the drama he's caused and he's just, I'm, I'm over, I'm over it. So I'm not going to play him. I think those are the only two scenarios because he would be playing if there was any other possibility, either Luke thinks he is a bad NBA player and he cannot help this team or he's just fed up with the BS and he's just rinsing his, washing his hands clean of it and saying you can sit out I'll let the front office make a decision on you, but I'm not going to play you. That's pretty much where they are right now. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I think also it's, I mean, kind of matchups like we we see on a night to night basis. It kind of is either an Alex Len or a Tristan Thompson game, meaning that one of those guys is playing next to Harrison as the only big on the court. They really don't run, you know, a Rashawn Tristan Thompson lineup. They don't, run they don't run big when they when they go to the bench and if marvin were to get bench minutes that would mean that he would have to have to come in and be the only big on the floor and i just think that's the situation luke doesn't trust him in at all it's just like if he's on the court by himself a they're going to attack him relentlessly how many times last night did we see Damian Jones, I think it was either Damian Jones or Metu switched off onto Chris Paul. That would happen. Metu got switched off. That would happen every single time Marvin was on the
1: court. You couldn't even watch. You are horrified. You couldn't even watch.
0: I, I honestly just think that's the reason why they're not playing him is they're afraid defensively that he will just completely leave them exposed. And after what happened last year, where they were literally the worst defensive team in NBA history. They just don't want to run the risk of being the worst team in NBA history for five minutes. Like they can't they can't have that five minute run because as we see, they're struggling so hard to put together 48 consecutive minutes of playing. I mean, they haven't even played a a full game of good defense yet, but um, they're just trying to figure out how to not leak oil for five minutes. And uh putting in Marvin offensively might help, but defensively they would just be so compromised that I, I just think Luke is in a position where he's like, I need to win games, especially early to build some cushion. Maybe later I can play this guy when, you know, I have a couple a couple plus, you know, wins under my belt and and you know, we're we're over 500 and it's not that big of a deal if we lose this I don't want to say not big a deal, but you can take more chances later in the season and I think there'll be an opportunity for Marvin.
1: It's just it's not going to be here at, at
0: this Yeah, point. it's not going to be here a and b I think he's just going to have to wait.
1: Yeah, the the only thing I'll say before we move move on um we'll do some brief awards. Uh I think the only way we could see him is if, and again, I'm going to knock on wood a lot, is if if there's just multiple injuries. I think it would take Tristan Thompson going down, Alex Len maybe having a missed time. Rashawn, hope not. uh, Because Damian Jones, we saw last night, he played good minutes last year too, and he played some really good minutes last night. uh, Or last year, he played some good minutes. And last night, he played some some great defense and had some nice put-back dunks. And, hey, he possesses some good ability there. Um, I just think Marvin is literally – out of every, I think it's 15 men on the roster and he's the 15th man. Um, it's pretty evident. So, uh, yeah, I got cool.
0: Yeah. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm also surprised that it seems like uh, Chemezi is ahead of him in the, in the, uh, in the rotation. I think Chemezi has gotten
1: in uh, twice
0: now since, since the last time we've seen Marvin.
1: He'll um, probably benefit from TD missing time, I think. I think if TD misses some time, it'll probably be Chemezi that plays that three. That yeah, three and four. that's what I'm
0: thinking is like it's it's going to be really tough for Marvin to get those minutes, man. Like, I mean, even Chemezi got his two minutes in that blowout, in the Charlotte blowout. He came in and then last night uh, came in the he came in first. He came in the late third uh, and then fourth and ended up playing 20 I think he played the entire fourth quarter last night if I'm not mistaken um and you know obviously they played well made the comeback and it would not surprise me if yeah we see one of Chimezi Metu or Damian Jones randomly sprinkled in some games coming forward because I think uh you know I'm not the biggest Chimezi Metu guy in terms of him getting real significant minutes in this rotation but he played really well last night. Like he made some good plays. He made, you know, he's never been afraid to come in and look for a shot. Um, but I thought defensively, he was hustling, running around and, and look good. And, well, the, know, effort's like, always, the, yeah. the effort's always,
1: the effort's always going to be there. He's always mm-hmm. going to put forward hundred percent effort. Um, and I think Luke Walton really appreciates that. Mm-hmm. Same with Damian Jones. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do think she Metu is a guy that were last year. He was starting games down the stretch when the Kings were in a play hunt. And he, yes, played he, well. he played well. He played well for the most part down the stretch. So uh, I think he's a guy the Kings like a lot. And that's why they brought him back this year. And mm-hmm. and clearly they they think that he can make more of an impact than Marvin Bagley at this point. And I think meant Mentu also wants to be here. Yeah. That also plays into it. So, uh, yeah, should be an interesting week. Tomorrow should be an interesting game against San Antonio as far as what the rotation is going to look like. Because if Terrence mm-hmm. Davis and Tyrese are both out, those are two guards that are that are in your, you mm. know, they're in they're the, in your quartet of guards there. So
0: yeah, and San Antonio kind of has a a uh, roster that's a lot like ours as well. Well, they'll they'll definitely go small once they go to the bench. You know, you'll only see uh, Jakob Pertle and uh, who's their other? I can't think of who their other Newbanks
1: uh, Newbanks Newbanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll only see those guys in, and like they don't, you know, they'll typically run. They'll run like olympian Keldon johnson at, at the uh at the four like how we run harrison like they definitely run a smaller lineup so it wouldn't surprise me again like i said if if we uh if we just see those smaller lineups run run out there instead of you know the kings maybe running you know i think well yeah in the fourth quarter last i say they they don't usually run a, a big four or five but they ran jones and Metu that entire fourth quarter and Worked out pretty well.
1: But well they um, have fat they have fattiest Young off the bench and <laughs> Doug Dougie McBuckets. Yeah, I'm looking right uh, around. is
0: Zach Collins healthy? What what are you what do you think the odds are that Zach Collins is healthy? He also doesn't have a listed number. He didn't, didn't number. dress.
1: <laughs> didn't dress last year. Um yeah. I, I mean last game. I keep saying year and day back and forth. I'm my wow. brain's jumbled. Um, Zach Collins for tomorrow. Zach
0: Collins. Zach Collins has not played a game this oh, year. He's been he, out with he, an ankle.
1: He won't play until after Christmas. After Christmas.
0: So Zach Collins. I believe the Kings took him technically tenth in that year's uh, in that year's draft. Correct.
1: Traded him for Justin Jackson, who dropped forty in G League. Someone was mm-hmm. telling me uh, he
0: did. Yes, I told you that. Yes, he was eleven of fourteen from three in for the uh, the. Dallas Mavericks. I think he's back on the Mavericks G League. That's
1: preposterous. I think it's it's absolutely preposterous. Disgusting. Uh, It's it's very disgusting. Thank you for
0: Harrison Barnes, Justin. We appreciate it so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting trade that was. And and Zeebo, um, who's do you already want retiring. to?
0: We kind of haven't really talked much about the uh, the games coming up ahead. Do you want to do that, or do you want to save that for for next episode? Um, like you said, th- we're going to record pretty soon here, so
1: I think we can just be blunt with it and say San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Detroit, and Minnesota. You need three yeah. out of those four. Need there's there's no no there's nothing no no excuse. Turn on, on obsa- the camera. It's upsetting this. me. It's upsetting me, Frankie. I think yo. Know,
0: I'm sick and tired of this this simp behavior from from us us and Kings fans. The Kings need to go 4 and oh, oh. Okay. They do not need to lose any of these basketball games to any of these teams. If there's one they lose, it better be to Minnesota, who's the most respectable of those 4 teams and at least has the most talent. They there's can deal. No, there is no reason Jeez. to lose to the 2021-22 20, San Antonio Spurs. Chris, there is no reason to lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder. There is no reason to lose to the Corey Joseph-led Detroit Pistons. Put some respect on his name. There's Spurs, minimal reason to lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Spurs are three and seven. Oklahoma City is three and six. Detroit's one and eight and then Minnesota is 3 and 6. These teams are all several games below 500. The Kings are basically a 500 team. They're 5 and 6. Um they can turn into one of those below 500 teams if they if they if they lose two or three of these they next four games. They so
0: like they, they if if the Kings can come out of this with 10 and 6, four, 9 and 6, 9 and 6 because they're 5 and 6 right now. Yeah. So if they if they win four straight That's the kind of cushion that they need because also I think the schedule after that has leaned up a little bit with, you know, LeBron LeBron potentially missing out, but I know the Kings have uh, a couple, a pair of Laker games uh, after that. They have the Clippers. Toronto's tough. Toronto is tough uh, at the end of that trip. And then they have Utah Utah again. So it's, it's, uh, it's not easy, you know, like the the team also this four-game trip can be huge for their confidence. Imagine Kings win four straight, come back home, uh who do they they come back home and play is it Toronto?
1: Toronto, Toronto and Utah back Toronto
0: back-to-back. Toronto's a perfect test for them to come back to because like I said, if they if they let's just say let's just say they win all those games. They should be feeling on top of the world. Yes. They're four very bad teams but four road games in a row i can't remember the last time the kings have won four games in a row they should feel on top of the world they should feel like world beaters last then year at some point comes toronto who you want to talk about last year you remember what happened last year against toronto i definitely that's do. the forgotten the forgotten comeback or you know came back against us toronto i've never seen a game more locked up. the the charlotte hornets game was more locked up than than uh than the, 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 that. I'm sorry, the the, the raptor game yeah. was more locked up than that first Hornet game.
1: Uh and they ended up losing that game. Yeah, so they need Sac- to come and redeem that game. That was the game where Sacramento scored forty-three points in the first quarter, and then <laughs> Toronto outscored them five, sixteen, twenty-eight. They outscored them by twenty-eight points over the rest of the game. Uh Yikes. Horrible. I'll score 40 to 29 in the third, 33, to 20. Yeah, they need some redemption for that game. They need uh, some
0: redemption for that game. And Fred Toronto Van Vliet. is not the team they've been. Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, like the teams. the team tries and hustles and is well coached. So they won't come in and be a slouch. But talent-wise and for the team that the Kings want to be, they need to beat the Raptors. And it's okay if they lose to Utah because, you know, like we've said every time they play them, that's a team that's going to be in the Western Conference Finals at least. And, you know, if you can – even the Suns, like even last night, that's a team that was in the finals last year. Granted, you know, the Suns aren't aren't – they're starting to pick it back up, but they're not quite at the form they were last year. But that's not a slouch of a team, especially for them to be down 20 and make a comeback with – Not it's not like it was an offensive game where – Oh, yeah, both teams just couldn't miss, and the Kings eventually caught up. Like, the Kings had to really make stops and make capitalize on opportunity down the stretch for them to inevitably come back
1: into that game. Like, well, yes, that, was, it does that, stuff
0: that was that they were down and didn't win the game, but
1: they still well, made the, the comeback. The most exciting part of the game was those, those defensive possessions late where the crowd was just going nuts and mm-hmm. and they made some stops. Chimese to played good defense, Damian Jones had some big stops, De'Aaron Fox played some good on-ball on ball defense on Devin Booker um Davion Mitchell obviously is Davion Mitchell so yeah uh Toronto the upcoming stretch after this four-game stretch and even looking at the four-game stretch uh you know DeJounte Murray is going to probably give give the Kings some problems he was a problem for the Kings last year he was a huge problem for the Kings in their last matchup uh that cost the Kings a playing spot um Detroit Corey Joseph hello Cade Cunningham hello um uh, Shai Gill against Alexander and then, of course, D'Lo, um, Davon Mitchell, Can't have your hands full. Man, I, I'm also like
0: Cat for that game. I, I I will love to see how Rashawn does against someone like him because Cat isn't really like a Valanchunas or like a, you know, even Gobert type where he's like, he's overpowering. Like, he's just, he's super
1: skilled and... uh well, he's going to bring Rashawn out to the perimeter because yeah. he's he's going to bring him out of the paint, which is going to be interesting to watch and see how Rashawn mm-hmm. does with that. Because I don't I don't think he's played. Valanciunas took a couple threes um, mm-hmm. last week, but I I think that Carl... Well, and also. Counts. I mean,
0: Rashawn gave him to him like Rash- he was he. You can't do that to Cat. Like Rashawn's going to have to be all over him, or else Cat's going to give us like a thirty and fifteen and and don't sleep too because Cat can move the ball. Cats cats yep. is. We saw DeMarcus Cousins and Cat is like a finesse DeMarcus Cousins. Like all the best parts of DeMarcus are Carl Anthony Towns. Um so yeah, I mean it will be it'll be a good stretch of games, that's for sure. I mean it's it's yes, I think the Kings should win them all, but uh each individual game is has its own story obviously and and has a reason why the Kings should win and and how they win their games will be very, very important because, uh, I don't know, like so many times this Kings team is just just in the past, not this Kings team, but has just failed to beat teams that they should beat and should easily take care of. And the Spurs are the Spurs and the Timberwolves are prime examples of like teams that the Kings would normally slip at least one of those games. And
1: and they and they very well could, though, is my point. They, they very could. well
0: could. It's like Indiana. And almost, Indi- in- almost expect them to.
1: Indiana was three and seven in the Kings. I I thought that's why I was so hesitant, and I I think Kings no fans problem. are all Kings fans are all a little scarred. We're all, we're all coming back from what well, not coming back from anything because we haven't come back from it yet. Uh, but we're all coming off of fifteen years of losing and heartbreak and just torture. Why should I believe right now? And that's what I was telling myself when I was talking to you and James in my head. I'm like, why should I believe? Because they because they have had a decent start. They had a decent start last year. Um, and then they, they lay an egg against Indiana. So this upcoming four-game stretch, like you said, there are games that this team should win. They match up well with these teams. I think they have more talent than all four of these teams overall. Minnesota, you make, can make an argument. Um, but I, I think this team's the best team, the better team in all four matchups. So I want three, just to kind of cushion it a little bit. I want three, would love four. Uh but anything less than three and one is just kind of unacceptable in my eyes. So it's kind of where yeah, I stand. I
0: mean, yeah. I mean, if the team goes two and two at that point, like we're, we're going to be having some sad, sad conversations.
1: That, that means they lost the at least goes two and two. That means they probably lost one to to Detroit or, um, OKC. I mean, I, I don't see what, I don't know, or they just lose. They bookend it with San Antonio and Minnesota, but, um, yeah, let's see what happens no thanks um
0: do you want yeah, any awards brief- well, do, you want- Award? do you want any awards yeah i was gonna say do you want to do awards yeah we can just knock them out real quick we'll do them real quick um wow i have another game that i want to do after as well um so do you want to go first should i go first
1: uh i went first last time so it's your turn to go first this time
0: well that's good for me because i'm just going to take your uh, who who you took last time and uh probably take who you were going to take this time. I'm just going to continue the trend and it's just Harrison Barnes. It just is. For the uh king the, the, king, the king of the week, the king
1: of king the of week.
0: King of the week. I'm sorry. King of the week. We should I should have specified which award we were giving out. Cog machine. Uh, king of the week given to the player that we believe uh since our last recording was the king's best and was the uh was the most uh, influential player. And uh, yeah, I'm going with Harrison Barnes because like we've talked about during this episode, it hasn't just been the production. Um, It's been the way he's done it. It's been his efficiency of doing it. The fact that he's doing it in under 10 shots and still putting up these ridiculous numbers. It's not like he's putting up supplemental numbers. Like the guy is putting up superstar numbers on, you know, role player, uh, role player shots. Um. It's just incredibly impressive. He's he's keeping this team alive right now with with the play of De'Aaron Fox. So, Harrison Barnes can't say enough about you. You're super important to this team. We literally could not survive without you, uh, Harrison Barnes. My king of the week. I
1: thought you were gonna say I love you at the end. Um, I love you. <laughs> I love you, HB. Uh, my king of the week is gonna be Rashawn. Just yeah. he had a rough, kind of a rough weekend or a rough Sunday Monday but the 2020 game can't be overlooked. Yeah. yeah. Scoring 20 points and getting 20 rebounds is just such a, it's a very rare thing. You mm-hmm. see some guys like Gobert and cab done it. Boogie did it back in the day. I think he was the last, like you found he was the last King mm-hmm. to do it. Um, it it's, you kind of knew it was going to be a special night when he had eight rebounds in the first like five minutes, six minutes of the game. Uh, and Rashawn has been very good this season. And yeah, he struggled last, last night. He only had seven points and, uh he even had kind of a bad game against Indiana, eleven points and nine rebounds. But his body of work for the season, 14 points a game, 10 rebounds, 65% from the field. He's shooting almost ninety percent from the free throw line as a center. Um, it's so impressive. So he's my king of the week. I love it.
0: Yeah, Rashawn's been huge. Um still still just churning away that push shot, man. Like it's, it's, it, it's not as automatic. There was definitely a point where it's was like, this fool does just straight up does not miss well, that
1: shot. Last night, he missed like three
0: of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, well, he's, he's looking for it also a lot more. It used to feel like, oh, I just kind of stumbled upon this easy shot and he's definitely, he, he's extended his range on it. So, uh, love that pick. Rashawn, Rashawn, welcome. Welcome to King of the Week Club. Um now, do we still do our jeer we 're doing our coke machine of the week our least valuable king if you will um man I am going to oh no this is easy i 'm sorry i'm going to i'm gonna again take your guy i 'm gonna take who you probably would have gone with benefits of going first uh one maurice harkless um mo is we had the opportunity of talking to mo on media day very 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 nice guy very uh, soft-spoken, just down to earth. Seems like a really legitimately awesome guy. Um, he's just not—he's not playing well right now. He's—he can't hit a shot to save his life. Um, he's been pretty damn good defensively. Um, especially playing off of Harrison, him and uh, him and Harrison's ability to switch and and stay long and versatile is, is really key to the Kings. Uh, staying grounded defensively, but. You're even kind of... You saw it last night with his... I think he ended up with 11 minutes total. Um, I I just feel like if, if he's not hitting two or three corner threes, he's kind of just a bench role player for you who needs to get spot minutes. And, and unfortunately for the Kings right now, he's starting. He's not finishing games at all, but um, it's... I don't know. I, I I would like to, it's just clearly a weak spot for the Kings at the four position and, and Mo, I'm not saying Mo's a bad player or should be benched completely, but in the role that he's, it's not even in the role because like I said, he's getting 10 minutes, but um, it's just more glaring because Mo's in the starting lineup and it's like, ah, like we should probably get somebody else to alleviate him there.
1: Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see how long and hopefully he can get back on track. And he did play very well down the stretch last year. I think it's one of the Kings gave him a contract, but um, I could see a scenario where if things keep going the way they're going and if they lose the next two or three in a row, which my God, I hope not. But um, we Jeez. could see buddy, we could see buddy get moved back into the, to the starting lineup, honestly, and, and play. Mm-hmm. They could go with uh, the three guard lineup starting or Davion Mitchell. Davion.
0: Even, or I think Davion. Yeah.
1: They might want to keep Buddy on the bench for his scoring. He's been so good in that role. So that actually is, mm-hmm. is a good point because Davion has been a guy that can do kind of what Mo Harkless is doing. The only thing is, Mo Harkless has done a good job of defending uh, the three, the four, and even in some cases, he's been down low in the post on switches and guard the five pretty well. And that's why he's playing right now. The offense is not there. I just saw he's knocking down 40% of his corner threes. Might want to keep those coming. Um,
0: Even that needs but, to be higher, though. Like 40% is what you should
1: be averaging all around. <laughs> for sure. For sure. But uh, I'll, I'll take a little less from him. I don't need to be 40% from Mo. I just, I just need him to play a good defense. And if he could just knock down 34%, 35%. Uh, just a little more than than we're getting right now. But um, he's not in for his offense. I get that. But, yeah, the this, this struggle has been pretty notable last game, uh, the last couple of games. Last night, he almost had a Tony Snell stat line. Mm-hmm. Where he just running around, no field goal attempts, no I think I he had rebound one, re- one rebound. Yeah, he had one rebound. One rebound. So need more out of Mo. Um I mean yeah. And I'll kind of piggyback off of, of that with the guys we need more from with in my coca-mean machine of the week is Darren Fox. Just we need more out of him. Mm-hmm. Talk about that enough. Um just need more out of him. Uh, i I was thinking about between him and Buddy. Buddy's the Charlotte game. I can't I can't give it to Buddy after that Charlotte game. Um, just need De'Aaron to play like De'Aaron Fox. And I hate to make De'Aaron a two-time recipient of the Coke machine, uh, of the week, even though it's, you know, been two weeks, two recordings this season, two Coke machines, sorry, De'Aaron, even last year, I think last year it was every single week he won the king of the week. So it's a yeah. little bit of a market correction, a little bit of a market correction, <laughs> but we know what he can do. I don't need, we don't need to keep going in circles about it. We know what he can do. He's got to do it. He's got to do it. And this upcoming stretch, I think it's a good time. Good time. Some weaker opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to be on the attack a lot. And if Tyrese is out, that should even, give me more reason to just be more aggressive. And mm-hmm. last night, I think he was more aggressive. But um, the Kings also are going to miss Tyrese. Just to kind of throw that in there. So mm-hmm. should be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I thought you were going to go with Terrence Davis there, but I I like no. going going for the head. I like going for the no. head head of the snake.
1: Aarons Davis played pretty well last night, I think, honestly, yeah. and then he got hurt. But uh, this season, he's been probably the most underwhelming king after how well he played in preseason, for sure. But now the Kings might not have him for a week, two weeks. Because uh, last night, 13 points, 50% from the field, 50% from three. i I'll take that any time from him. but um, mm-hmm. Which is a bummer, because maybe he was going to start getting going. He's streaky, so
0: he is very very streaky so yeah well uh yeah but if he yeah i don't know i i just expected so much from him coming into the season i thought he was going to be like a 10 point a game scorer off the bench and just be super solid um and he's just came in and been not that i mean he's just, like you said he's just been super streaky he either has it or he completely does not and uh i guess i probably should have expected that but it's it's just been a little bit more uh stark than I realized.
1: <laughs> well, that's how streaky players are. I mean, we we've seen Buddy, he's pretty streaky yeah, exactly. too. Um he's been playing very well this year and he's on a pretty good stretch, but he's had a couple of games that are duds and Terrence Davis is pretty similar. Last night T D and Buddy got hot at the same time and that was full unlock potential for those two together. If they're both hot at the same time, mm-hmm. Kings are gonna be Kings are going to win. But uh yeah, Buddy kinda fizzled out last night and T D got hurt and the rest is history. So TD need more on him too. He can get that honorable, honorable mention, but uh, De'Aaron, it all comes back to him. The Kings are going to be successful this year if De'Aaron Fox is, is successful. And right now he's pretty unsuccessful. Still <laughs> 18 and five, 18 and six, but uh, more. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, well, I just thought of a random game that might be might be fun to play, or we can just cut it here. Um, if this doesn't work out, I was thinking we could do a little basketball reference game okay. where uh I am on basketballreference dot com. For everyone who's never been, you should go. Uh and on basketballreference dot com, they always pop up with what is this? Six, twelve, twelve random NBA guys, uh, who used to play in the league for any variants of time. It could be nineteen fifty five, it could be two thousand twenty-two. Uh, well, I guess it can be 2022, but it could be 2021, <laughs> whatever. Alperin Shangoon is one of the people that I'm looking at here. Um I want to do a thing where we take, I'm gonna list off these 12 guys, and then we just like talk or tell a story or whatever comes to mind about one of just we just gotta pick one of them. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes we'll get LeBron James that pops up, sometimes you get Anthony Davis, sometimes you'll get. Sharif Abdul Rahim or something like that. Yeah, we'll have to, you know, and we'll just we'll have to we'll have to make up something. But I have a pretty I, I feel like we can get something out of this first one here. We're only going to do one, obviously. So uh, you just let me know who who we should talk about. Okay. So we have uh, Kay Felder. I don't know if you know who Kay Felder is. He's a kind of recent player. Uh, Tom Sanders. Jalen Lequeux. Marquise Daniels, John Sally, Eric Gordon, Alprin Sangoon, Ray Allen, Danny Ainge, Gar Hurd, Jacob Wiley, or Sebastian Telfair?
1: Sebastian Telfair, that's a sad story.
0: (laughs) Is that what you want to do? Do you want to talk about Sebastian Telfair? Oh, like what?
1: Just just like a bio? Just a note. I don't know
0: if any of those names
1: spark any. Don't you remember you know, the the documentary that came out about him when we were younger? Uh, no. About he, he was coming from Coney Island, and he was like the next big phenom guard. He was going to be the next uh, big thing.
0: Yeah. like
1: the, he. There was a documentary I watched, and that's why when I was a kid, I knew who Sebastian Telfer was because they did this whole documentary how it's Stefan Marbury's cousin. Yes. From New- it
0: says that right here in his basketball reference. Yeah. Brother. Yeah. Jamal Thomas, Jamel Thomas cousin, Stefan Marbury. Yeah.
1: And he's from New York. And and that was the whole point of the documentary, how he was going to come out of high school and be this star guard. And that's why I was like a kind of a fan of his in the early portion of his career. Uh, And he played a long time. He played, he I think did.
0: 10 seasons. I'm looking at it right now,
1: 10 years, but I believe he is in jail. Now I'd have to wow. check. I think he got in some trouble. Wow. Um, I think he might have pulled a gun on someone, uh, which is unfortunate. That's what I'm saying. It's an unfortunate story. He currently a uh, handgun arrest, a uh, healthcare fraud arrest. Um, yeah. Well, the case is on appeal. He was sentenced three and a half years in prison in 2019 wow. the case is on appeal. Um that's crazy yeah. yeah see i didn't know see the,
0: that's why we're doing the basketball reference game because you know something new every day didn't know did this you,
1: did you hear about the healthcare fraud arrest who's a part of that arrest for oh M- that 18? one that just yeah. recently happened glenn davis tony allen were arrested on charges alleging they defrauded the league's health and welfare benefit plan of four million
0: i did hear about that yeah
1: that's that why how do we, that was like in the last month how do we how do you even do that how do you defraud healthcare? i mean you does they, do they give you like a like a stipend of cash like to pay for
0: medical expenses I, oh yeah yeah, yeah, maybe I mean I know there's like a flexible spending account it, that you can use that like has money preloaded onto it, maybe like they
1: It says submitting false and fraudulent claims to get reimbursed for medical and dental expenses that were never actually incurred. Yeah. I did hear
0: about this. Yes. And they said – I think there was two people who said that they had the same dental procedure on the same tooth on the same day. And that's how they found out because they were like, oh, it says here that Glenn Davis and Sebastian Telfair both got their left canine tooth removed on january 7th from the same doctor
1: at the same you know, place at the same same, place, same
0: procedure same result you know so they were both successes and they both you know and like they just ended up all having like the same medical record and when they audited it audited what a, it it was
1: bad what a weird thing but i i just yeah. i remember sebastian telfair because of that i can't remember what the documentary was called um maybe it's on here somewhere but, um, yeah, it was, it was See? a, it I'm, was a I'm huge happy
0: with this segment because I, th- out of all those names, Sebastian Telfair was not the one that I thought we were going to get a story out of. So through the fire, it. through the fire, it. uh, yeah,
1: there's a lot of people in it that are talking about he was going to be,
0: I mean, I'm yeah. looking at, it says here on, on his basketball reference, recruiting rank in the 2004 class was number six. Yeah. There's a number six recruit coming out. He got drafted when he was nineteen years old. He was the thirteenth pick, uh, by Portland. Like the dude, <laughs> he came into the league and got twenty minutes a game. Yeah, uh, didn't play well, but like there was this. This is uh, definitely was given a shot.
1: Yeah, and like his mean, career,
0: seven and a half points a
1: game. The best year of his career was was uh... Minnesota,
0: nine point three with six assists.
1: Yeah, that's the best two minutes 32 minutes. Yep. 32 shot minutes 40% a game.
0: percent from the field. He got a shot. He got a shot. Um This is a different NBA man when like Sebastian Telfair is getting damn near 25 minutes a game and is just shooting under four, literally never shot over shot over 42% <laughs> once in his career. Yeah. That's and what what is DeAaron shooting right now and we're just thirty, thirty seven,
1: thirty eight 37 38%? Okay, I mean, it's, so so
0: it's, <laughs> pretty much DeAaron Fox is being Sebastian Telfair and we're De'Aaron upset Fox about it. is being Sebastian He's shooting 39% for this season.
1: Quick shout out to Stefan Marbury. Uh he had some good Starberry. seasons at 24 points a game and seven assists. He had 17 and 9 with Minnesota. Hey. He was pretty good. Um Oh yeah. Yeah, and he's a he's a was,
0: was he's it. a god
1: in China, right? He's a god over in China yeah. basketball. Oh he, yeah, he played one, two, three, four, five, like eight, nine years in China, and he left the NBA at age thirty. That's kind of crazy.
0: I mean, yeah, it's 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 nuts. I mean, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at his basketball reference. He stopped at the age of thirty one, and he was he was shot at that. He was done at that point, and. Yeah, just played in China from thirty-two to to age forty. Those <laughs> but sports still players. played what five eight? Uh, is, these, is these are these full seasons? Yeah, I'm trying to see how many seasons he played. One, two, three. Oh, okay, that's what it is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen NBA seasons.
1: Yeah, and in China he averaged twenty points a game over eight years. So that's the man, just crazy.
0: That's, I mean, like, to have, I mean to have a thirteen-year career by the time you're that doesn't make sense. No, I feel like I counted that wrong. Whatever. Point is that yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely insane. Like Marbury, I remember Marbury being a a problem on the Knicks um, when I was a kid. I mean, what he moved to the Knicks in two thousand three. Um So, I mean, yeah, that seems about right. He was on Phoenix before that. I remember he started his career in Minnesota, but.
1: He was like one of those key NBA street guys and NBA street came out. Everyone wanted to use Stefan Marbury. I, when I had the original NBA street and, um, yeah. I just remember he was like the
0: original, like he's a, he's a gunner. Like that's, I remember that was the narrative on him was just like, he's kind of like, he's not a ball mover. He, uh, he thinks I mean, it was a it was a bad era of of NBA basketball where he, ISO was
1: ISO was heavy and he thought he was pretty much Allen Iverson. He, he took a lot of shots a game. Yeah. 15 18 17 18 19 he took about 20 shots a game (laughs) from 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 the year he came in he took about 15 to 20 shots a game so and
0: made about 20 points a game so he was shooting 20 shots to make 20 points
1: and his field goal Uh, percentages were bad too i think for his career he's a 40 i mean 43 is not horrible for a guard it's not great either but it's not what you want no 32% from three no but hey shout out to Seb- uh, Sebastian Telfair and Spawn Marbury uh, shout out to
0: Sebastian Telfair thank you so much Frankie for that story that was great of
1: course
0: um we are yeah we we've done it we've definitely recorded a podcast here we've gone on for we a have. minute um I think we're good we're we're probably going to come back to you guys soon um, maybe Thursday yeah maybe. I'm going to Las Vegas for a day in Vegas so pray for me um yep. So we might not record for about a week or so. We might record in a couple of days. Um, it kind of Maybe Mondays on on how... We, uh, yeah, we're gonna try and record um, as soon twice as possible as the point. Yeah, twice a week uh, moving forward. Um, I think that's it. I can't imagine if there's anything else we forgot. For nope. Frank Cardiselli, I'm Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye bye.